Hello, welcome to the inaugural edition of Destination Annapolis, a podcast focusing on the people, places, and events that make Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, Maryland, a destination of choice for discerning travelers. I'm your host, Susan Seifried, with Visit Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, and I'm happy to have as my guest today, Elvia Thompson, co-founder and president of Annapolis Green. Welcome, Elvia. It's great to have you here today. Hello, Susan. I'm, I'm very happy to be here on your program. For the past 14 years, Annapolis Green has been a strong advocate for the environment in so many ways. Can you tell me a little bit about Annapolis Green and what prompted you and Lynn Forsman to found it back in 2006? Well, I sure will. Um, my co-founder is Lynn Forsman, and I wish you were on the call today, but I'll do my best to tell you about us. Um, Annapolis Green is a different kind of environmental organization in that we are not focused on one particular stream or river or one particular aspect of our environment, like oysters say. Um, ours is a broader mission. So our mission is actually to inform and inspire Annapolis, the greater Annapolis area residents, organizations, and businesses to care for the environment live more responsibly and create a more beautiful and thriving community. So when we're talking about a thriving community, part of our mission is also to um, support our local businesses, because if we don't have thriving local businesses, then we don't have money for environmental projects and, and all of the other good things that businesses help us um, fund. So our, our overall vision for the organization is that we would like to see in, in the near future or right now, a greater Annapolis community that shares responsibility for a healthy environment and works together on things that make that happen. So people who are familiar with Annapolis Green know that you've done many things. Uh, I think that you kind of came on the scene with Green Drinks Annapolis. A lot of people learned about you that way but I know that you've done a lot in terms of sustainability and composting and all of those good things. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so back about 14 years ago when we first got started, um, I'll just give you a little history. So um, my business partner, Lynn Forsman, comes from the hospitality world, and she was trying to um, get together a program where the yacht charters that, that she was booking um, would be operated in a green way. I mean, we were all very concerned about the bay and, and um, the pollution in the bay and all that kind of thing. So she wasn't getting a lot of traction with that. But somebody told her about Green Drinks, which is an international organization. There are Green Drinks chapters or groups or whatever. It's very loose um, all around the world. So she thought, hmm, Cocktails in Annapolis, yeah, that goes, <laughs> that matches. Um, so she started Green Drinks Annapolis and was getting, a, you know, a few people together um, every so often to discuss environmental issues and, and see how they could work together. In the meantime, I was approaching this from an environmental point of view. I was working mainly with the Spockery Conservancy at that time as a volunteer, and I, and, um, I was trying to get the environmental community to work together to talk to one another. And way back then, it was just a bunch of silos, really. People weren't, um, weren't learning from one another, weren't um, working together. Well, I didn't get a lot of traction on that either. So I put all that information onto uh, a website 
which was annapolisgreen.com at that point, because I never dreamed that we'd be a nonprofit, so dot com. Um, and then um, got together with Lynn, and we kind of put those two efforts together, the in-person part of Green Drinks and the online part of annapolisgreen.com. And that's what happened. Well, one of the things you seem to do kind of immediately out of the gate was take a look at special events that were taking place in and around Annapolis that could be made uh, more environmentally friendly. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So all of these special events, whether they were regatta parties or um, foot race, you know, finishing parties, you know, all, all sorts of events like that created so much waste. Um, and there was no, at the time, there was no option. There was no thought about what was happening. So we thought, well, okay, this would be a really good thing to do to bring recycling into special events. The community was already recycling at home, but, but people kind of forgot everything they learned at home when they went to, to create or to attend a special event. So uh, we started big. Um, we approached the uh, seafood festival at Sandy Point Park and also the boat shows um, and brought the capability to do recycling at those events. So that was the very, very beginning of it right then. And then you moved on to the world's largest crab feast <laughs> that Annapolis Rotary Club puts on yeah. every year. Tell us about that. Well, sure. There were, a lot, that. there were a lot of smaller events in between, but they all add up. But yes, um, it was the same concept with the Rotary. Uh, Rotary was, uh, this is the Annapolis Rotary that puts on the world's biggest crab feast, usually in early August. Um, so they were recycling a little bit because they did have uh, soda cans and bottles and so on. But all of the, the crab waste was going right to the landfill. So we approached them about composting. Um, what if we take all of this food waste, which includes not only the crab shells and all, but also the corn cobs and the, and the uh, watermelon rinds and, and all that kind of stuff. And why don't we compost all this instead? So um, they agreed to try it as a pilot program in their preferred dining area. And then that was successful. So then we went to the whole thing where we were serving 2,500 people essentially. And the bottom line, fast forward a few years, a couple of years, and we were getting between 14 and 15 tons of food waste that instead of going to the landfill, went to the uh, farm where Veteran Compost, a local, uh, local company, turned it into wonderful compost for the garden, which is all fluffy and smells good and does a lot of good for the garden. And more importantly, returns that organic material back to the earth. So we called it from the bay to the garden. Um, although not all of it was from the bay, you know, obviously not the vegetables, but, but it was a great success and people loved it. Um, the people who went to eat crabs were just amazed at, at the whole operation and what was happening to it. And they just took, a lot of people just took such pride into putting the food waste and also the compostable material that, that we convinced, um, Annapolis Rotary to buy into the, the composting bins. And what I mean by that material is the, the knives. We, we um, convinced them to buy compostable knives instead, um, compostable cups. So, you know, it, it was just all good. And then 
this year COVID hit. <laughs> so the crab feast was not held in the normal way. We, uh, it was takeout only. So we couldn't collect all of that, um, all of that food waste, which was a real shame because we kept thinking, okay, so there's 14 tons of food out there that went to the landfill, unless people were composting at home. But the thing is, the kind of composting that we do um, on this farm is uh, on an industrial level. So you can put things in like bones and shells and, and oils and all that kind of stuff that, that will not compost at home because your pile just doesn't get hot enough because it's not big enough. So what you did this year, because there was no Annapolis Rotary <laughs> Crab Feast, was you went the pumpkin route. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so this was a brilliant idea uh, from Lynn. Um, you know how everybody kind of laughs about pumpkin spice everything at, at around the Thanksgiving and, and Halloween time. So we thought, okay, Lynn thought, <laughs> give her credit for this, um, that there are a lot of pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns out there. And then what happens when people get tired of them or they start to rot, they go in the landfill. Well, no, let's give people a chance to compost those. And we did. And so um, we had originally 10, 10, bin, 10 big 64-gallon bins that, thanks to um, a partnership with the city of Annapolis, we put in Truxton Park. And when, when the bins were being dropped off, I thought, oh, no, this is way too many bins. You know, this is, I don't know about this. Well, <laughs> the community wanted to do this. Um, so we ended up having to bring more bins. Uh, it was just amazing. So after, after um, we collected the pumpkins after um, Halloween and then again after Thanksgiving, and the bottom line is we ended up with 10,000 pounds of pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns, 10,000 pounds. So two things happened. One, all that did not go to the landfill. It's cooking right now and becoming pumpkin spice compost. And secondly, it proved that the city really does want to compost its food waste. And that was, that was the other reason for doing this, to show the city of Annapolis that people really wanted to do this because we're hoping to get a grant to do a pilot program again with the city on, for all types of food waste. And then if that's successful, and we think it will be, then see if the city could do curbside compost collection. So right now, all of that pumpkin waste is cooking, so to speak. And people, if they want to buy that compost, will be able to do so as early as late February. Is that correct? Well, actually, uh, we're taking pre-orders. Um, in December, um, and because the compost isn't compost yet, um, what we're doing is um, for $10, um, you get a certificate that's redeemable um, next year as soon as the compost is ready. And then people can come and pick up their compost. So it's a fundraiser for us, of course, because, because of the pandemic, um, our financial situation isn't great. And that's the same for every business. Um, but because we haven't been able to hold in-person events, which was a lot of our revenue, um, you know, we, we need to be creative. And the pumpkin spice compost was a creative way to do good for the environment, um, do good for the city, and then also do good for us. So you also are involved in really trying to discourage people from using single-use plastics. That's one of your big pushes. That's right. So... Our initiatives all have to do one way or another with climate change, with mitigating the effects of climate change. Um, 
and plastic is one of those things. Um, we are as a as a as a world, <laughs> we are drowning in plastic, and it's no different here. Um, and I'm talking about single-use plastic. Plastic is a wonderful material for for some things. Um, certainly, if if I were unfortunate enough to have to go to a hospital, I want stuff to be plastic and disposable. Absolutely, but we have also, as a society, uh, created a lot of things, a lot of items that don't need to be plastic, and and a lot of items that are meant to be used for literally seconds and then thrown away. Well, that's a problem. So here's an example: um, single-use plastic water bottles. Well, several arguments. First of all, we are very lucky in this area to have excellent tap water. So why in the world would you pay for water? That's one thing. But secondly, you can, you can drink down a 12-ounce bottle of water in, what, 30 seconds? And then that bottle is in the environment forever, forever. It never goes away. And that's just a, re a recipe for disaster. I mean, why would you do that? Why, why would you create an item or purchase an item that has no use after a few minutes? Um, and then, so people would say, well, yeah, but I can recycle the bottle. Well, yes, but did you? <laughs> is it really getting recycled? Um, our recycling rate in this country is very low. And also you have to consider that the energy that it takes to take an item and recycle it and mostly downcycle it to create something else, that energy is considerable. So there are the four R's. And the first R is refuse. Don't take that plastic bag. Don't buy that bottle. You see where I'm going with that, Susan? Absolutely. Yeah, the second one is for other things, reuse. Um, so if you get a plastic container for takeout, say, what else can you do with that container? How can you, how can you use it to give it a second life? Um, Reduce. So, reduce, right. Reduce kind of goes with refuse, but yeah. And then the last one, the last resort is recycle. Because, so, yeah. So what can people do? You know, we talk about climate change. It's a big global issue. I think sometimes people don't know where to begin. Are there some thoughts you could share with us about what we can do as individuals to help help in all of this? Sure. So just to, to close out with that theme, but to close out the whole plastic thing, um, we initiated a program last year uh, called Plastic Free Annapolis, where we, we um, enlisted uh, quite a few restaurants in town to kind of um, change what they were doing and not use so much plastic. Now, with the pandemic, um, there is a perception out there that if something is plastic, that it's more hygienic and better to use now. Well, maybe for some things, but for instance, for others not. For instance, I was just beside myself when the CDC came out with um, guidance during Thanksgiving that people should use plastic utensils, throw, throw away plastic utensils for their Thanksgiving meal. Why in the world would you do that when you can just take your metal utensils and put them in the dishwasher? So anyway, we're very concerned about plastic because plastic is made with petroleum, which, you know, so greenhouse gases are created when plastic is made and then the plastic never goes away. Okay, so one thing you can do then is for, <clears throat> to mitigate the effects of climate change is to reduce your use of plastic as much as possible. 
The second thing you can do is plant trees, native trees. There is no machine as wonderful as a tree to take carbon out of the atmosphere. And native trees, because native trees provide habitat for native critters like insects, uh, caterpillars that then become beneficial insects, you know, that sort of thing. So that's the second one. And then finally, one thing that most people can do is to change their ride. Drive electric. Um, electric cars have no emissions, um, so you're not putting yet more carbon into the air. And they're affordable now. Um, there are many models to choose from and more coming all the time. There are about 40 models right now, and um, the industry is saying that by the end of 2021, there could be over 100. Which so is excellent. Yeah, and we are the only nonprofit in this area that advocates for driving electric. So you mentioned people and the ability they have to plant a tree, and people who don't have maybe that much space can even do things in their garden that make a difference, right? Absolutely. Where somebody who doesn't have a uh, some property or room on their property to plant a tree can always support an organization that will plant a tree. But um, if you only have a small garden, um, planting uh, native shrubs is a wonderful thing to do. And we also advocate planting uh, vegetables and planting vegetables in with the flowers. There's no reason why you have to um, relegate your tomatoes and, and, uh, and cucumbers and eggplants to the backyard um, into a, their own space. Why not put them in with the flowers, particularly native flowers? So what is the initiative that Annapolis Green is most proud of? What do you see as having been your biggest accomplishment or your biggest push? Well, I think it's, it's a couple of things. Uh, one is bringing home the, the concept of that old saying about think globally, act locally. That's really what we do. When we're talking about climate change, we are always talking about what people can do here at home. And the steps may be small, like planting a garden, like knowing where your food is coming from. That's part of our Here We Grow program. Um, but it's also about awareness of nature, that we are part of nature and, and we need to live with nature and not thinking that we have to conquer it or continue to take from the earth. We need to work together because we're all part of the same, of the same fabric. Um, but I think what we're proudest of is something that one of our friends said to us, one of our donors actually, which surprised us. Um, and he said, I want to thank you for what you do for being the conscience of Annapolis, for always um, telling us where we need to go and what we need to do. And that was, that, that actually kind of choked me up, you know, and that's, I think, what I'm proudest of. That's excellent. And you and I today, of course, don't have time to talk about everything. Where can people go for additional information if they, if they have been inspired by <laughs> this podcast and want to become a helper in this mission? Well, that would be great. There's so many ways people can help us um, by volunteering, by uh, making a monthly gift. That would be wonderful. Um, and you can do all that. You can get information about all that from our website, which is annapolisgreen.com. Um, and as I said, we are a 501c3, um, so donations are um, tax deductible. 
Um, but most of all, because our part of our mission is to build community, we would just love to hear from folks. Um, whether it's, you know, tell us your story. We're always asking people to tell us their story. And we have a, a, a pretty active blog on our site where people are doing just that. Um, we have a book club. Um, which it's all about environmental books, but it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's, uh, it's very informative. And um, in December, we're even uh, getting together over a meal. We're all going to cook the same meal and enjoy the meal while we talk about the book. <laughs> That's great. And so, as you had mentioned earlier, prior to this podcast, you're building up quite a knowledge base on your website as well, and that only continues to grow. So if, if our listeners want to tap into that, it's a great way to get started. Well, El Elvia, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, Elvia Thompson from Annapolis Green. I'm your host, Susan Seifried with Visit Annapolis and Anne Arundel County. Thank you for joining me for the inaugural edition of Destination Annapolis. I look forward to next time.